0: Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au Hello and welcome. Welcome. I am Amanda Farmer, your podcast host, here each week helping you make sense of this often confusing world of apartment living, particularly when it comes to the various legal issues we are facing across the country. This week, I'm bringing you my interview with Michael Kleinschmidt. Michael is the founder of Stratum Legal in Queensland. He is also a fellow and a council member of the Australian College of Strata Lawyers. You'll hear him refer to the college as ACSL in the interview. Michael also sits on the legal panel of ARAMA, the Australian Resident Accommodation Managers Association in Queensland, He's involved in the SCA Queensland Professional Standards Committee and a founding member and director of Strata Owners Queensland. And that is a new group that you will hear me ask Michael about. And if you are an owner in Queensland, you'll definitely want to go and check out that website, so have a close listen. Michael is a regular article writer, law reformer, and he says will speak on strata subjects for anyone if asked nicely. Now, I do serve on the ACSL Council, the Australian College of Strata Lawyers Council with Michael, and I know he is tireless when it comes to advocacy in this space. Including submissions to government and agitating for important change, particularly in his home jurisdiction of Queensland. In this chat, we are talking about the new legislation that has been introduced in Queensland to assist body corporates during COVID. Now, last week, episode 218, you will have heard me and Rena Van Oust summarising the counterpart legislation in New South Wales and if you've had a listen to episode 218 what you'll notice straight away is that the Queensland legislation is quite different I'll let Michael fill you in on the details but even if you are not in Queensland it is very interesting to compare how our different legislatures across the country deal with what is really very similar, if not identical, situations in our communities. So let's get stuck into it, my chat with Michael Kleinschmidt. Michael Kleinschmidt, welcome to the show.
1: Good morning. Thank you very much.
0: Did I say your name right, Michael?
1: You did, you did. <laughs> it's a very uncommon one, unfortunately.
0: How many people struggle with that one, every second?
1: <laughs> Just about everyone. In fact, I, I had the pleasure of seeing another Schmidt admitted as a solicitor in Queensland the other day. Uh-huh. And it takes this sort of one every twenty years. So there's three of us at the moment. So
0: Right. Family members, of course.
1: Yeah, no, we're all related in one way or another.
0: Excellent. Good to hear. Plenty of Klein Schmidt's up there in Queensland doing very good work. And never uh, nevermore have we needed your good work in Queensland. There's a few things going on keeping you busy.
1: Yes, there is quite a lot of stuff going on, aside from the dreaded COVID, the C word. Um, (laughs) We've been going through quite a lot of legislative reform now for a number of years, and it's all starting to reach ahead, which is fantastic. We're starting to see the fruits of that labour come together.
0: Yes, well, we are definitely going to get into that. But first, let's get the dreaded C word out of the way. Because at the time we're recording this, Queensland is in what I understand to be a unique position around Australia in that your body corporate legislation actually has been amended. You're not just talking about it. You don't just have draft regulations floating around or you haven't just been empowered to do it. You've actually done it. You have amended legislation that deals with some of the issues that are affecting your body corporates when it comes to this new world order. Uh, Do you want to summarise for me, if you can, if that's possible, some of the big ticket items here that Queenslanders should be aware of?
1: This is actually our third piece of COVID legislation, and the earlier two took a fairly general approach. And so what they, aside from sort of dealing with all, all the other issues that were going on, there was some facility to relax some procedural and other requirements across a broad range of areas, which did help the body corporate sector a bit. I think that we had a unique uh, window of opportunity in that a lot of work was being done on our new regulation modules uh, for our Body Corporate Community Management Act, which meant that both the policy officers and other members of the relevant departments were on top of strata issues to a large extent when COVID came on. We were expecting to receive a draft of our new sort of primary regulation when this all came on. And so uh, what we ended up with back on the 25th of May was a, a new act that amends our Body Corporate Community Management Act. And it makes a provision for five things that are intended to be useful for bodies, corporate and lot owners. The first one is to do with sinking funds. So in Queensland, we have provisions that require a body corporate to make. Adequate provision for the replacement of capital items over a 10 year time horizon. And so the idea is that if you get a sinking fund analysis done, you can make provision for those things that need to be spent uh, in the next 10 years. That first measure, the way it works is if if you have an item of major expenditure in this year's financial budget, bearing in mind financial year for every body corporate is different, but if you have an item of major expenditure, such as painting the building, the body corporate can come together and cancel that item. And in cancelling it, they can then elect to refund the money that has been put aside for that issue in the fund back out to the owners that contributed to it in the shares that they contributed. So it's meant to get money that someone's put into the sinking fund back to those owners. Now, look, there's a few issues with that, which I'm I'm happy to go into afterwards, but that's the first one. So it's pretty targeted and it's about getting money back into the hands of lot owners. Um, the second one has to do with a body corporate levies or contributions, as we call them here in Queensland. And basically, each one of the contributions has a due date for payment. And the next power that's been given to a body corporate committee is to extend that due date of payment up to the end of the financial year of the body corporate. So they don't want to extend it past the financial year because obviously the levies are supposed to be you know, financial year by financial year. And that decision... That can be made by a committee can be made for just one lot owner, for example, who's suffering financial hardship, or for all lot owners across the board. So basically, it's a deferral of that liability to help with people's cash flow. The third change, and when I say change, it's important to bear in mind that these five things, they all commence on the 25th of May, and they're all going to finish on the 31st of December this year, unless extended. Um, the third thing is that With respect to what we call penalties, it's actually interest. A body corporate can choose, uh, typically when they're setting their body corporate levies each financial year, to impose interest on unpaid contributions. And basically during that period from the 25th until the 31st of December, there is no penalties, end of story. So it doesn't matter whether it's a prior contribution, which is unpaid, and interest is accruing on it. Or it's a contribution that pops up during that time period, no interest during that time period, which is a pretty big saving because that interest rate is pretty, it can be pretty hectic. So that's the third one. And the fourth one is that normally a body corporate, if there's an unpaid uh, contribution, has to commence proceedings within two years and two months of those contributions falling due. So there's no ifs, buts, or maybes they have got to do it. And that's reflective of the underlying policy in the legislation that contributions are exactly that. They're not a tax. They're a share of common expenses. So if someone's not paying their share of common expenses, it's just not fair to everybody else. And so uh, you're obliged to start those recovery proceedings within two years and two months. But during this time period, that obligation ceases. So you can still choose to sue if you wish to, but you don't have to. So it's another discretionary matter. The fifth and final one is to do with the power of bodies corporate to borrow money. Now, in Queensland, we do have a power to borrow. It's pretty tightly regulated. The hurdles are pretty high. But basically what this change is about is to increase the limits. You know, for example, in an accommodation module scheme in Queensland, you can basically load money up to $250 per lot on authority of a special resolution mm-hmm. and that limit is effectively increased to $500 per lot now under these changes. $6,000 for small schemes which is actually pretty generous because a small scheme by definition has to have six or less lots in it so that's a lot more generous and obviously it's intended to to be so because of the fewer number of lot owners. So look the um, Queensland government's heart was in the right place The execution leaves a little bit to be desired. Unfortunately, it is a bit of a lawyer's picnic and I think there's going to be trailing issues arising out of it for some time.
0: Yes, well, going back to number one, the items of major expenditure being empowered to elect to refund money that has been paid. Are there any conditions around that? Do we have to have a certain number of owners who are in financial hardship
1: no, and that's the that's the issue, is the fact that um, basically at Zero's the whole point here was to make this really easy for body corporate to do. Mm. And whilst it's a, a decision of the body corporate that has to make, it's got to be an ordinary resolution of the body corporate, so you do have to go to a meeting. Mm-hmm. But in terms of criteria around it, you know, no. Mm. <laughs> the whole point is to, to make this easy. When I started to pull it apart, including for – ACSL, what we started to find were issues in relation to things like um, developers who are still in control of community title schemes, using powers of attorney to pass this sort of motion. One of the most fundamental problems, of course, is that if something is due to be done, and that's important, like lift maintenance, just because you take it out of the budget doesn't mean it still doesn't need to be done. Correct. And you end up then having to do it, for example, next year for safety reasons, and you no longer have the money set aside for that item the government could have achieved the same outcome by doing different things for example they could have put a time horizon on the provision that had to be made Uh, instead of it being 10 years they could have chopped it back to five and you know refunded any money contributed by owners to maintenance that was due in five to ten years you see what i mean yeah and then of course the one of the things that the federal government is looking at is the building construction sector Taking work out of the system that needs to be done in the next six months is is counterproductive. Would have been better to take work out of the system due in five to ten years' time, allowed people not to have to to contribute to that now in the next six months, gotten money back for them that they've already contributed, which would be quite low, and then take it back to ten year time horizon next year, mm. um, so there's plenty of time to get the money back into the tin. So just things like that would have been a much better solution.
0: Yeah, and I assume from what you're saying, Michael, that you have the same legal obligation that we have in New South Wales uh, for your body corporates to repair and maintain the common property. And I imagine that is a fairly strict, absolute, unavoidable obligation. But if the money ain't there, body corporates are going to be placed in the position of breaching that obligation foreseeably. Yeah,
1: and look, um, whilst... ACSL particularly, and indeed uh, a lot of the peak stakeholder groups in Queensland have an excellent relationship with um, the various departments, including the Office of Regulatory Policy. One of the issues here is that just uh, this was, this was all done very, very quickly. I think the bill was introduced on the 21st and second reading speech on the 23rd and then uh, assented to and commenced on the 25th. So it was all very quick. Just a day or two consultation with ACSL we could have redesigned that issue. I mean, another issue around the sinking fund is that the refund only goes to the owners that have contributed that money. Now, if you've got painting, which is a major expense in in large towers, that's been contributed to over a timescale of seven years, and you've got a loan owner who's only come in in the last, so they say, two years, they're not getting money refunded to them that a predecessor in title paid.
0: Interesting
1: right that's yeah. it's one of the one of the if you examine the provision very carefully when it talks about an owner an owner under the act is that owner it's not a predecessor in title hmm. so there's there's a lot of issues like that a little bit of extra consultation and forethought could have helped some of those things you know i'm, I'm quite concerned about how developers could take advantage of these provisions
0: Yes, I can see how that concern would arise and I can also see a number of files crossing your desk (laughs) arising from (laughs) uh, confusion and uh, the fallout from this. Uh, Looking at the provisions to extend due dates for payments up to the end of a financial year, um, that's a decision that the committee can make for one lot owner or for all, fair enough. And a provision that removes interest on unpaid contributions full stop until the 31st of December. Yeah, interesting. No decision has to be made. That's just what the legislation provides.
1: Yeah, so the, the penalties interest provision is just, it's in force. Whereas the contribution extension, that one, unlike the sinking fund one, it does have a financial hardship provision around it. Right. But in terms of just extending the due date for a lot owner, financial hardship is taken into account. hmm but instead of extending it for everybody, you don't have to take financial hardship into account, which is sensible. That's that's good design because it means that you know, committees usually, when they've got one or two lot owners who are in trouble, it is, I think, an extra – I like giving bodies, corporate, and committees tools so that they can use in appropriate situations. So that's a good tool because you can take into account the lot owner's particular circumstances. Um, or alternatively, if everybody's suffering – and. Here in Queensland, you know, uh, I've got clients in Port Douglas and Cairns and Townsville and Mackay. And, uh, you know, there are management rights operators up there and therefore lot owners who are just suffering terribly. We're coming into their peak season uh, for interstate travel and they are very—they—they they are suffering. So that tool to just extend that due date for everybody is, is quite useful. Of course, it It also presupposes that they're going to generate the money and have the money ready to pay uh, at the end of the financial year, but we'll see how that goes.
0: Now, if there is no obligation to pursue unpaid contributions, if that obligation has been removed by this legislation and there is no interest on unpaid contributions, query whether You need to extend the due date, I imagine. Uh, Owners may well say even with the due date looming, well, there's no interest and I'm not going to be pursued in the courts for unpaid contributions, so I'm just not going to pay. Uh, It almost seems that three out of those five provisions achieve the same end perhaps.
1: Yeah, and and, um, the missing piece of that puzzle, and I think it's, it's not a whole answer but it's certainly relevant, is that we also have another another incentive in Queensland to facilitate prompt payment. You can put a discount in place, I think it's up to 20%. So it can be quite significant. And of course, good practice in Queensland around contributions is that you take your budget, and might be 100000 per annum, you gross it up by 20%, you issue your contributions on that basis so that if people pay it on time, they're getting the full discount and you've still got the money that you need. And the idea is that that discount, if, if a lot owner doesn't pay on time, is meant to be a contribution towards the body corporate's costs and inconvenience of not having that money when it's ultimately recovered, in addition to the interest if you charge it. So where that takes you is into this region of if you extend, you might extend so as to preserve the discount period so that you know everyone's then on a level footing rather than being penalised by not being able to access the discount. But yeah, no, your point about if you, if those things are acting in concert, you know, why would you even consider it? Yeah, I, I think it's, again, it's another tool. And if people want to preserve the discount period, then that's a good way to do it.
0: Mm, Yes, good point. Well, look, hats off to Queensland for moving quickly. Uh, It was really middle of March when we as strata lawyers started talking about and predicting some of these problems and calling for attention on these issues. And as far as I'm aware, uh, Queensland is the only state to have implemented this level of interference, if you like, with our body corporate legislation, even what is proposed in New South Wales, the new regulation-making power that we have inserted into our Strata Schemes Management Act does not go this far, would not and does not empower our legislature to make regulations that would deal with issues in this level of detail. So very interesting to see uh, how this all plays out in Queensland and particularly, as you say, Michael, when you're also in the middle of or we were hoping perhaps to come to the end of uh, some fairly significant reforms generally. Are you able to fill us in on where that's all at in Queensland?
1: Yeah, look, I, I, my own reading of the situation was that um it was really close as to whether or not we would actually get our new standard module regulation instead of going down the road of dealing with these specific issues because quite a lot of the stuff that's in that new regulation would alleviate some of the problems that people are currently having. So for example, early on, there was quite a concern about the conduct of meetings, obtaining wet signatures on documents including because of the necessity still in Queensland to apply a body corporate seal. So those sort of procedural issues were high on the agenda early on during the pandemic, and they were addressed aggressively. I mean, fortuitously, we've got a few things in Queensland that um, enable us to get around that. But the reason that it was touch and go is that I know, based on my um, interactions with various stakeholder groups and the government, that those modules are very well advanced So, for the benefit of your listeners, our system in Queensland is that we have a primary act, and then we have regulation modules underneath them that that suit different schemes. So, there's an accommodation module scheme for predominantly accommodation uh, complexes. There's a small schemes module for six lots or less. There's a specified two-lot module, which is duplexes, effectively. A commercial module for commercial and industrial buildings. And they all have slightly different administrative and procedural requirements, which is, a, in my view, a really strong feature of our system. The disappointment is that over the years, they've been brought back closer together rather than being made more diverse. In my view, in diversity, there is strength. And if you're better able, as a lawyer assisting a developer, putting together a scheme together to choose a regulation module that suits what you're doing, it's a much better outcome. But in any event, our Act was introduced in 97, We've gone through one set of regulation modules. In Queensland, we've got a 10-year sunset on our uh, regulations, uh, so they expire automatically unless they're uh, renewed. So we went through our 97 reg modules. We've had our 2008 reg modules. They've already been extended once. they now due to come to an end on the 31st of August. The word is that they'll be extended again, simply because, and I think this is very prudent, Everybody needs to be able to see these new regulation modules and get to know them before they're hit with having to comply with them. And I think it's almost certain that we'll have a really good running period before we'll have them. They'll be finalised, they'll be out, they'll be passed, but their commencement won't be for some months to enable everybody to get up to speed.
0: Okay. And are we looking at significant changes for people day-to-day?
1: Yeah. The stuff that I've seen so far really does indicate that where the rubber hits the road on some issues will be a lot easier. So the conduct of meetings, you know, the execution of documents, you know, that sort of stuff. ACSL has been pushing for what I call technology neutrality for some time. I don't think that we're going to achieve that, but I think that we'll get a lot of relaxation. So instead of highly prescriptive processes, you end up with a technology neutral approach. So instead of saying, you know, you've got to provide notice by letter, 21 days in advance of a general meeting. You know, flip that into each lot owner must receive notice of a general meeting 21 days before it takes place. Mm. Now, that notice might be by Twitter. Mm. (laughs) You could have an Insti notice, you know, and there's no reason not to do it that way if that's what your scheme wants to do. Mm. It's about functionality from my point of view. Um, We're not going to go that far. It'll be a measured step. But, you know, hopefully some of the other things will be fixed up at the same time they have been working on it for some time and the process that has been used has been excellent. So, I'm quite hopeful for what we'll see.
0: Mm. I think when I was uh, doing my Googling and just trying to be up to speed on where you're at, I saw that the last round of public consultation might have been towards the end of last year. Is there anything on the horizon? I know um, some of our listeners might be hearing this for the first time, that changes are around the corner. Is there still the opportunity to have your say? Oh, yes.
1: Um, It's because of the sunset on the regulation modules. See, that the property law Uh, reform process in Queensland has pulled in all sorts of stuff and not just strata title. So they've been dealing with our Traditional Property Law Act, so incorporeal hereditaments and other... Right, interesting concepts. ...and pieces (laughs) um, have been pulled in. So, you know, things like easements of necessity and all that sort of stuff. So it's all been brought in together. Disclosure, you know, our disclosure regime in Queensland, moving it from process equals compliance through to, you know, sort of more meaningful disclosure. So all that process is happening at the same time, but because of the timing with respect to the regulation modules and a few other things that have happened, the reg modules will get changed first. We'll then go through the process of getting the draft act after some major changes will be made in the draft act. We'll then get some amendments to our regulation modules as a result of that. So, and then, then we'll roll over from there. Then we'll start to see some changes to things like seller disclosure and our property law act and all the rest of it. So it will be a multi-stage process.
0: Mm. All right. Well, be sure to stay tuned to that Queenslanders and I will continue to bring you updates uh, as I can. And certainly at the end of this chat, we'll be letting you know where you can contact Michael to stay up to date as well. I know you produce some regular newsletters and great content, Michael. On that note, actually, you have uh, set up what I'm going to call a website and a new group uh, specifically directed to owners in Queensland. Tell us about a bit about what I understand you're calling Strata Owners Queensland.
1: Yes, yes. No, we No, um, A couple of months ago now, uh, myself, uh, Dee Pennell and Chris Evans incorporated a, uh, a company uh, called Strata Owners Queensland. And of course, we chose the absolute worst time in the world to um, <laughs> go about doing that. All and, the best,
0: uh, all the best. It,
1: it, it's uh, <laughs> enabled us to have a nice long sort of run up period. Mm-hmm. Having looked at what OCN does in New South Wales, and seeing that they do an excellent job, and and uh, and also having uh, some good relationships with people within OCN, it had concerned me for some years that in Queensland there had been quite a quite a bit of history uh, about strata owners organisations in Queensland. Quite concerned with the present state of affairs, and um, I don't mean to make too light of it, but um, it's almost like a Bit of a multi-python movie with the people's front of Judea and the, <laughs> you know, the Judea and the Palestinian you know liberation front and right. all of them all of them not getting on with each other and, and not banding together to resolve their differences and move forward and present a, an open face to government. I mean one of the problems that we've had in Queensland I represent all different stakeholders within strata whether it's a, you know a bank or a you know a management rights operator, a lot owner, or a body corporate, whoever, developers. And over the years I've deliberately done that so as to maintain a sense of balance and proportion. And what I do see, and I think I can comment now, is that when you've got strata organisations, owner organisations in Queensland that are you know predicated on on the basis that they must destroy another member of the sector. Uh, particularly the management rights side of things in Queensland, which provides more room nights of accommodation in Queensland than any other form of accommodation provider, by the way. So it's it's literally the heart and soul of our tourism accommodation industry in Queensland. But It's a really bad place to start. So uh, Dee and Chris and I got together and said, look, what can we do? Uh, we incorporated a company. We're still sorting out a few things before we cast out a wide net We've got our website together so people can start to see who we are. We're starting to populate that with articles and other information. It will be an advocacy group to represent all strata owners in Queensland. So whether you're a commercial lot owner, industrial lot owner, an absentee owner letting out your unit, an owner-occupier, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. Uh, the idea is that if you're a strata owner, this organisation will represent you. We're looking at uh, some interesting issues at the moment, but obviously, you know, as the membership grows, uh, we will be in a better position to ramp up our efforts. But at the moment, it's pretty highly targeted with what we do. Um, there's some really interesting things on the horizon. I mean, insurance in Queensland is a massive problem in some areas, and so one of the things that we're actively looking at is some guidance for how bodies corporate can self-insure. In Queensland, the Commissioner for Body Corporate Community Management has the power to approve schemes of self-insurance there are not that many approvals and so we're going to go down the pathway of having a chat to the commissioner getting some details uh, perhaps working with uh, an underwriter or an insurance professional and getting some guidelines together for bodies corporate so that they can put together if they want to go and ask the commissioner to approve their scheme it's it's been put together properly usually with the assistance of a professional it's going to have good financial management all those sort of features to it because we see that that can help some schemes in, in a bad place. You know, there are other issues around that. There's an inquiry going on into insurance in Northern Queensland. Some recommendations have been made about that. And I love my colleagues in the body corporate management sector, as I do, and I do too love them. They're, you know, their hearts in the right place. It's an unfortunate feature, I think, of their business model at the moment, that they're very heavily reliant upon insurance commissions. And um, to a lawyer... When you're a body corporate manager, so you're acting as an agent of the body corporate usually, you've got a fiduciary relationship and that means taking insurance commissions from a third party, even if they're fully disclosed. I mean, it, you can find yourself in a position of irreconcilable conflict and I, I think that's it's not a good thing. It's a, it really should be changed. And while I don't want them to forego that income, um, I would say to most of them that they're not charging enough anyway Body corporate managers' rates have really not changed over a decade, you know, because of the competitive nature of, of their businesses. But uh, yeah, there's lots of things that can be said by a Strata Owners Group, and they can say it when sometimes, for example, the body corporate managers can't say it.
0: Yes. Or,
1: you know, the, the resident accommodation managers can't say it either. So there's definitely a role. And we'll be reaching out to OCN uh, to. Establish and maintain a, a good relationship with them. Yep. Uh, our idea is to have a very broad church.
0: Yeah, it sounds like an important gap being filled up there in Queensland, Michael. So good on you for getting together with other experienced sector professionals and uh, filling that gap. Do you want to share the details of the website with us? I'm not sure if there's an opportunity there for anyone who heads over to sign up and make sure they're on your list so they get updated as you continue to build out that resource.
1: Well, of course, I'm I'm dreadfully prepared because I (laughs) I haven't done my plug. So obviously, (laughs) it's soq.org.au. And the main thing is uh, joining is free. There is no membership cost. I mean, what we're trying to do is to make it as accessible as possible obviously, to get as many people on board as possible. We're very much a volunteer organisation and uh, whilst we'll be bringing on sponsors, and we're very much looking at making sure that the ongoing value proposition is such that people want to join, not necessarily because they've got a sectional interest, you know, they want to do this or they want to do that, but because it's useful to them on a day-to-day basis and provides value and their voice mm. so that when they hear us talking to government, they can know and understand that we've got the best interests of strata owners at heart when we're talking to government
0: yep excellent well i will make sure that link is in the show notes to this episode so any strata owners in queensland can head over and make sure that they check that out and they can be part of strata owners queensland we will shortly be wrapping up michael so let me know anything that you'd like to add that we haven't got to and definitely how our listeners can find out more about you
1: Oh, <laughs> we've hit everything that I think is nice and topical in Queensland at the moment. I do love it up here. There are all sorts of interesting things that happen. Being the most decentralised state, it's also uh, you never cease to be amazed because you get in contact with colleagues in Cairns or Townsville, and whilst a lot of things are similar, you know, they do have their own idiosyncrasies and challenges in practice. Anyone wanting to get in contact with me, it's uh, my firm name is Stratum Legal. Don't try and spell Kleinschmidt. Just Google and Legal and you'll find me. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm always happy to chat.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you very much for chatting with us today, bringing us up to speed on where we are at in Queensland, at least as of today. Things do change quickly, so we have to bear that in mind. Keep on keeping on up there, Michael. I look forward to maybe one day, maybe 2021, actually catching up again with you in person.
1: Fabulous. Thank you very much.